the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode on Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So for today's Clubhouse, we have Russ Lorber from our Italian wine community. So hi, Russ. How are you? Hi, Laika. I'm well, thanks. How about yourself? I'm fine. I have actually, I think I published your episodes on Italian Grape Geek. So I, I had fun editing that one. That's right. Hopefully I didn't give you too much work with the editing. No, no, no. I just had to remove the the ending part. <laughs> That's right. I forgot I did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Anyway, so um, so now um, our show for today, you are here on Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner and you have selected Nicoletta Pala as your favorite producer. So before we begin... I would like to introduce you first to the audience. So first, Russ is the founder of Wide Roots, a wine import and wholesale business based in Baltimore in the U.S. The philosophy of Wide Roots is to work with family-owned small producers making terroir-driven wines, growing responsibly and sustainably. The company combines this with education delivered through tastings, events, and social media. He is a certified Vinital International Ambassador and the subject of the documentary Wine Hunter, a story about his entry into the wine business that is streaming on YouTube. So tell us about this documentary, because I remember you were here and it was a pinning here in Verona, right? That's right. So, yeah. So, and, and the, the crazy thing about that was I had no idea how it was going to go. So if I didn't get pinned, it would have been, it would have been on camera for the world to know. Uh, but I did get pinned, which was, which was great. So yeah, we, we, uh, three years ago worked, started working on a, a project to make a wine documentary. And my inspiration for that, truthfully, what, what, I was really inspired to get into the business that I'm in by uh, there's an importer in the U.S. named Kermit Lynch. He's an importer of, of French and Italian wines. And back in the 80s, he wrote a book called, I think it's called On the Wine Trail in France. And that was one of my inspirations to get into the business. What I really wanted to do was to write that book for Italian wine, but make it in documentary format. And so I started working with Chrissa on that project. And the more Chris and I talked about it, the more she wanted to make a documentary about me, which was a bit uncomfortable because I don't really like to be the center of attention. But she thought there was a story there that was worth telling. And so that's how we ended up doing the, the Wine Hunter project. And if you, if you do go and watch that documentary, you can see uh, you'll meet Nicoletta there because we uh-huh. spent some time. In, in the cellar uh, at Adaria and going through the, the vineyard and interviewed Nicoletta also. 
So it's oh, it's wow. kind of a great opportunity to really see what they do. And I, I think in this interview, you obviously get a flavor for the the philosophy there uh, that they have. But that's that's a little bit about the Wine Hunter project. So I think we've got something like seven thousand views so far on it. Right. I was a little bit hesitant to do that project, but I think in the end, it, you know, Krista really did a, a good job of of telling my story, and it's it's something I do take pride in. Right, and I'm actually going to connect that to another question. So, why did you select Nicoletta Pala as your favorite producer? <laughs> so, so I have to be clear about something for the world to know, and that's that I don't have any favorite producers. So, I, I can't have favorite producers. Okay. Otherwise, I'll, I'll have some some it's angry first people. Clubhouse. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that's she's right. your first choice. So, so that that being said, you have to choose somebody, and there were a few reasons that I wanted to to choose Aldaria and, and Nicoletta. One is because of Sardinia itself. And so Aldaria is located in Sardinia, which is about a 30 minute, and, and their location is about a 30 minute drive due north of Cagliari, which is the capital city. Uh, Sardinia, I've been there a number of times now, and it's a really, it's a special place for me. It's one of these places that my friends here in Baltimore are probably tired of hearing me talk about because I, I, I just, I, I love going there so much. And they're probably thinking, you know, I wish you'd stop talking about it and move there so we could come and visit you there. But Sardinia is a very special place. There's a, a way of life there that I think you just have to be there and experience it to understand it. There's, it's just the relative level of stress is, is very low. And the sense of community is just, is very special. And there are a lot of hidden gems there that I think are waiting to be discovered culturally uh, and then also with food and wine. And then the other reason that I, I really wanted to talk about Aldaria and interview Nicoletta is that Nicoletta's family really embodies what gets me excited about wine. So they, they have a philosophy they're, they're, that we're going to get into, and I don't want to steal Nicoletta's thunder, so I, I won't. I'll let her talk about that. But they stick to that philosophy religiously and they are uncompromising when it comes to the quality of their product and so it's 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 really special and and I, I think it's they've been in the wine they've had a winemaking operation I think now for close to 10 years although they've been growing grapes for a much longer time but they they, they really are an up-and-coming producer uh, having received the the trade Bicchietti rec designation for now three of their wines um, from from Gambaro Rosso, and so I, I think they should really take a lot of pride in what they do, and I'm I'm really excited for for Nicoletta to share that message with with the Via community and the the broader world. Yeah, exactly. So, when did you discover the wines of Audaria? So Nicoletta, it's quite a story. Okay. So 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 Nicoletta, I met Nicoletta four years ago, almost exactly four years ago, in fact, in in New York City, and it was the the 2020 Gambaro Rosso Trebicchieri Road Show, and so Nicoletta was there. Uh, pouring a couple of the wines of Aldaria. And for me, it was my very first event as a wine professional. So I had no licenses, no anything, but I was trying to put together this sort of, uh, you know, look for people that I could work with. And so I, I had a little bit of imposter syndrome at that event. Like I was wondering, what was I, what am I doing here? And everybody else is going to figure out that I don't really belong here. But it was really by the end of that event, I just felt so energized by, by what I experienced. 
and and Nicoletta was one of the people that I that I met during that show. And it's just it's when you meet Nicoletta, it's impossible to forget her. She just she has a very magnetic personality and exudes passion for what her family does and for 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 their winemaking operation. So that particular event, um, Nicoletta was pouring the the Vermentino, um, the Cananao, and the Bovale, and so I got to taste those three wines. And little did I know that was really the just the beginning when it comes to what they do. And so over time, the pandemic did its thing and wreaked havoc on the world. But Nicoletta and I managed to keep this connection going. And eventually we tasted together uh, the Naragas and the Monica that, that they produce. And then over time, as I got the chance to visit Sardinia and go to the cellar, I got to explore even more of their line. And so we, we got to taste the Malvasia di Cagliari and, um, and also their dry Nasco. And they also do a Nasco um, in, the, in a dessert style as a, as a late harvest wine. So over time, I really got to experience all of those wines. And it's just been so amazing to, to experience such a great quality product made by uh, a family that is just so generous. They're so passionate about what they do and they're so generous about how they, how they share that with you. And I, and I feel like they've virtually uh, adopted me into their family and, and made me one of their own. So it's really been, I think, quite a journey. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, uh, to have this connection with, with Nicoletta and, and a friendship uh, a, a, even more so than a business connection. Yeah, actually, that's what I also like about the Italian wine community, Italian wine producers, like they would take you in as part of the like one of the family. And that's the kind of hospitality I think the wine world needs. And so since we're a little bit geeky here and we have Italian, our Italian wine ambassadors here listening in. So hello. Hi, guys. Um, so we wanted to ask you, what are the learning objectives that we should expect from this interview? So I, I, before I, I'm going to hit the learning objectives, but I just want to say something. I want to touch on something that you just said about, and, and it was kind of going back to the Wine Hunter documentary. We interviewed Stevie uh, for the for the documentary, and I, I will never forget. There were there were moments in in shooting that I will never forget, and this was one of them. Stevie was asked, "What is Italian wine about?" For her, and her answer sent a shiver down my spine. Her answer was, "Italian wine is about Italian wine people." And, and, and that just, that rang so true for me because, you know, I, I have the, the great opportunity to work with so many wonderful people and, and it's, it's, it's all very special. So um, getting back to the, so the question, the learning objectives, and sorry to kind of derail the question there, but I, I really kind of felt passionate about sharing that. So that I have two learning objectives from the interview. And, and one is it's, they're both centered around why I wanted to interview Nicoletta one is to build some familiarity with with Sardinia and its wines. And so, in, you know, Fermentino and Cananao are the most familiar to people when they have any familiarity about Sardinian wines. But there's really so much more there to explore that is just it's really interesting and exciting and different from what you'll get anywhere else. And then the second that I really want to to get at is Aldaria's philosophy as a winemaker. And I think this is going to build on the first objective to, to an extent because there's a real passion about 
working with native grapes, not only of Sardinia, but their specific location in Sardinia. And so they take great pride in the Vermentino and the Cananal, but they're even more excited about what they can do with with locally important varieties. And some of those grapes aren't always easy to work with. And so I think what they do really kind of stands out in the world of, of, of Sardinian wines. And so I, I, hopefully, um, I think those two things I, people should, should take away from this interview. Okay, so I'm now going to mute myself and I give you the floor. Okay, very good. Nicoletta, are you there? Hi, I'm here. Hello. Ciao, Nicoletta. How are you? So I'm, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm good, I'm good already. Nicoletta, together with uh, your brother, Salvatore, and your father, Enrico, are the uh, driving force behind Aldaria. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you kind of talk about what you and your family do. But just to, to start the conversation, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was uh, what is, you, you know, Sardinia itself and the wines of Sardinia. So you, I think more than anybody, have introduced me to this world, but I, I wanted to know from your perspective, what is unique and special to you uh, about the wines of Sardinia? Okay, so first of all, I would like to thank you, Raf, and uh, thank you guys, uh, because I'm so grateful for the connection. I would like to explain you how is uh, Sardinia, because Sardinia enjoys a microclimate, completely different from the rest of the mainland. Mild and windy days make the island a perfect area for the vine uh, uh, cultivation. Then we are surrounded by the sea, so the currents strongly influence uh, the soil. That's allow for fresh, savory wines with mineral concentration. So I think that the secret about Sardinian wines is, uh, of course, the soil, the land. That's because Sardinia, for its conformation, can be defined almost as organic area. Usually, while uh, in other Italian regions, uh, many treatments are done in a few months, for example, at the same time, we do one, two treatments so that's uh, very important because there is a strong uh, connection between uh, the land and Sardinian wines that are reminiscent of the sea and the land. So um, the white wines usually in Sardinia are very fresh and mineral. The red wines, like the famous Canonau, are warm, powerful wines. Every state has a unique terroirs that makes uh, the difference in uh, Sardinian wines. So that's uh, our secret at the moment. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and, and specifically, Nicolette, you're located near Serdiana, which is about a 30 minute drive due north of, of Cagliari. And, and Serdiana uh, is, is considered a, a locally important area for. Uh, for producing wine. So what are some what are some of the specific things that you would see that are special about Serdiana, like certain grape varieties or 
uh, or certain climates? Sure. Sardinia today is, um, I think, the heart of the Sardinian viticulture because when you think about wines of Sardinia, Sardinia is uh, a little town but is special for uh, wines. And uh, I think that uh, it's a special area because um, Sardinia is surrounded by little hills and the altitude is about uh, 180,000 meters above the sea level. And uh, also the climate is very windy and uh, sunny, so that's perfect for the wine uh, cultivation. We are in a special area because um, we are in a valley named the Valley of Sibiola, where there are more vineyards and wines than people, because uh, the little town is about 2,000 habitants, so there are many wineries, and that's a great uh, thing for all of Sardinia. So we are proud to be part of this area. Also, easy to have uh, sappy wines and mineral wines that's because uh, Cagliari the main city is 20 kilometers far so of course uh, also the beach the Puerto Beach that's close to our valley and that's the influence of course uh, all the wines and the wine growers yeah and I love how that that contributes that salinity to the wines and you can you can particularly get that character with the with with the white wines and so it's just, it's, it's one of those things that it's like, I think about it, like when you cook and you, you add salt or seasoning to a dish and just to the right level, it just kind of helps the flavors pop even a little bit more. So it's, it, it is really special to, to have that location there. There's really a lot to experience in, in Sardinia. And I guess that's what, what keeps me coming back. What's special to you, Nicoletta? So there's a lot of culture and there's also, you know, there's some also some unique food traditions in Sardinia. So what's special to you about those as well? Yes, of course, I'm proud to be Sardinian and uh, I love our culture, food and lifestyle. I think that our lifestyle maybe is one of the best all over the world because Sardinia is uh, one of the five blue zones in the world. And uh, the others are just uh, little islands of Japan, California, uh, Costa Rica, and maybe Greece. The blue zone are land where people live longer than average. And Sardinian, in particular, it's a land of centurions. The longevity of Sardinian depends about multiple factors. Of course, um, influencing life prospects are not only genetic factors, but also I think uh, healthy lifestyle and the food, that's very important because we have Sardinian Mediterranean diet that's rich in vegetables, uh, milk, uh, cheese, in particular goat and, and sheep cheese, and uh, also animal proteins. The strong attachment also to the land and the family of origin uh, make the Sardinian culture very special. Also, another nice thing is uh, that we produce just, yes, wines, in particular in Sardinia area, but um, Sardinia is a land of shepherds. There are uh, six millions of sheep in Sardinia. And, uh, you know, we are an island of one million and a an, an half habitants. And uh, also we love to produce uh, milk, cheese and uh, olive oil. 
So I think that uh, olive, cheese, uh, and a glass of wine are the secret for a long life in Sardinia. I'm really glad you you brought up the the lifestyle because I have customers that will they'll sell Cananao and they'll say, drink this wine, you'll live to a hundred. <laughs> and, and like as much as I'd like that to be true, I, I just like, wait, there's more to it than that. And I think when you, you experience a place like Sardinia, you, you, you understand that it's, there's so much more to it than the wine itself. And, and even the diet, I think there's something to that lifestyle, particularly the sense of, of community and, and the sense of family and, and friends and the relatively low level of stress. I don't think we understand the toll that stress takes on us. And uh, my, myself having the benefit of, of living in a, a neighborhood where it, there is a very strong sense of community, I understand how important that is to me. And every time I go to Sardinia, I always feel like you know, the island adopts me every time I, I, I visit, which is really something special. So there's, it's, there's so much more to the blue zone, I think, than, than the wine and even the food. I really think those other factors are just so important. Uh, and that's probably one of the things that keeps me coming back. So you and your brother, uh, Salvatore, decided at one point you wanted to start a winemaking operation. And, and, and your father, Enrico, had been in the wine winemaking business at one point and had gotten out of it. How did you make that decision to start making wine? I think that the decision has been a natural process because I was born into a family of winemakers. So there has always been a great tradition of, of agribusiness in uh, Sardinia, in particular in my family. For generations, uh, has always uh, worked in the vineyards and uh, produced uh, mostly bulk wines. And uh, so in 2014, 10 years ago, my God, uh, just over the age of 18, I decided uh, together with uh, my brother Salvatore and uh, the support of our um, father, Enrico, to start a new project, a project that's uh, linked to the tradition, yes, and uh, the land, but that want to look at the whole world. So we decided to produce the um, first bottle of uh, Vermentino Audaria. Then uh, uh, we started with 37 hectares of vines. Today we are working uh, 50 hectares. So we are going uh, to grow slowly. I have never been to think uh, to do something different in my life. You know, when you born in a family of winemakers, I think that the natural process is to think about wine and to have your own winery. So the grape growing history in your family and, and your vineyards go way back, I think, to your, your, it was your grandfather, Salvatore, is that correct? Sure, correct. My brother is Salvatore Junior, but my grandfather, Salvatore Senior uh, in, uh, in the 50s started to plant the first uh, vineyards in um, Serdiana countryside and used uh, uh, to produce uh, bulk wine and uh, all of the family was working in the vineyards. And then my father started to produce wine and uh, yes, in 2014 decided uh, to work uh, 
and uh, together with my brother uh, we start with the new project i think that um, the wine world uh, was is changing no so maybe my father is a lungimrant and uh, he understand that uh, okay the tradition is important but uh, the young people have a completely different uh, uh, vision of the world i do want to get into that a, a little bit but as we as we get into the philosophy that that guides grape growing and winemaking you work with uh, quite a few varieties Cananal vermentino but also some of the other more locally important ones that that i look forward to exploring as we talk more here going back to your grandfather salvatore has he always grown the varieties like Noragas, Nasco, Malvasia, or is that something that's relatively new to your family? Of course, our philosophy is to produce uh, uh, wines just from um, native grapes from Sardinia. So um, uh, Nuragus, Nasco, and uh, also Malvasia are uh, important grapes uh, uh, for our production now, but um, they are historical grapes. Uh, maybe in the past, for example, uh, Nuragus uh, was uh, common to send the Nuragus uh, all over Europe and to blend uh, other uh, international grapes because it's like a semi-aromatic grape. But now our philosophy is to make just uh, steel wines. So we produce, for example, the Nuragus, that's steel Nuragus, the Malvasia, the dry Malvasia. And that's very important because I think that's uh, important to exalt the uh, importance of the grape. All of the traditional grape remember the Sardinian island, no? In flavors, uh, parfums, everything. In the 50 hectares now, uh, we are growing only typical Sardinian grape, not international. And uh, we respect the, the environment. Uh, we are a special farming method named uh, Integrato that uh, respect uh, the land and we work uh, also uh, minimizing the use of chemicals. I think that uh, the important thing is uh, to follow the heart, uh, the rhythms, the passion, and uh, also to uh, hear the Mediterranean currents and um, uh, also to pay attention to the cycles and season, respect uh, the timing and not practice uh, massive uh, exploitation. That's very important uh, and is our philosophy to guide uh, the winemaking process. Coming back to America, Vinitaly International Academy, the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024. Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at vinitaly.com. You've mentioned the, I think you said that you call it the integrato. Is that correct? Yes. Is that what you just described? Or is there, is there something more to, to that methodology for agriculture? Yeah, it's a particular methodology and uh, is not organic, but uh, it uh, consists just in the, to respect the environment. We don't use the chemical because, you know, in Sardinia, uh, we don't need many treatments. Uh, the island, uh, I told you, is as a microclimate completely different from uh, 
the mainland. I think that uh, the most important thing about integrated is uh, to work respectful of the land. Remember also our uh, company's name, Audaria, because uh, Audarians means uh, nobility of spirit. Uh, in particular, we want to represent uh, the value of the land uh, and we want to represent uh, also the respect uh, to grow the vineyards and also for the environment. So that's so important. We've started getting into your philosophy, your family's philosophy around grape growing and, and winemaking. So uh, locally important grape varietals is grape varieties is one part of that. Responsible agriculture uh, is another uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the philosophy uh, when it comes to expressing terroir and like particularly around how you age your wines? Sure. We are the two different lines of uh, wines. The first one, that's uh, the classic line where uh, we are working with uh, Vermentino, Nuragus, Monica and Canonao grapes. They are very fresh uh, wines ready to drink, vinified in, uh, in steel tanks. Of course, uh, they are uh, aging uh, in the steel uh, just uh, for seven, uh, ten months. Then uh, we have another line that's the selection uh, of uh, five different uh, wines made from different Sardinian grapes that uh, are Nasco, uh, about the whites, Malvasia, uh, Bovale, and then uh, the dessert wine made from Nasco grape. The Malvasia, for example, uh, is aging for one year in uh, concrete tanks. Bovale is uh, the only wine oaked, so for uh, one year is uh, oaked. And then um, uh, is ready after uh, one year and a half. The Nasco wine is uh, aging uh, in uh, concrete. And uh, then we have uh, another Vermentino, Caminera, coming just from a unique state and uh, is a particular wine because um, it's staying in uh, the concrete tanks for one year, 10, 12 months. So, of course, it's more powerful in uh, body and flavors compared to the classic Vermentino from the classic line. So we have different lines and different wines for different moments, I think, because uh, wine is like a friend, so it's made to moment of share and it's important uh, to have the right wine in the right moment. Yeah, there's always something for any uh, particular situation. And I think, you know, one of the things I think just to maybe close on philosophy and, and, and move to the next part. It's only the Bovale that's aged in, in oak. Everything else is aged in a manner that I think best expresses the, the character of, of that particular grape and that particular wine. And I think that's, it's, you talked about authenticity and, and, and your mission in your philosophy. And it's, it's, you know, to me, it's those locally important grape varieties, but made in a way that you really experience the character of that particular fruit and, and the soil and the climate of, of where it comes from. And I think 
you know, when it comes to authenticity, you really can't do it much better than that. So you talked a little bit about the wine lineup and we talked about the special selection line with the, the Nasco and the Malvasia, Bovale, Fermentino, and also your dessert style Nasco. Talk a little bit about the classic line, please. So you have the Vermentino and the Cananal, uh, but then also the, the Naragas and the Monica. Like what's the right moment to drink a wine like Monica and particularly the, the version that you and your family make? Sure. Monica is a very versatile wine, so you can taste it uh, every day in different moments. In my family, for my graf- grandfather, was like a daily wine, the Monica. That's because you can try it uh, with fish, uh, meat, pizza, everything. So I think that Monica is a very fruity wine, fresh, and you can try to chill it in summertime and uh, is amazing. I think that's uh, the red brother of uh, Nuragus uh, because Nuragus wine, the traditional wine from Cagliari area, we are just seven producers of all over the world about Nuragus, so I'm proud of it. Nuragus is a white wine, but um, is uh, very special because when we talk about Nuragus, we are talking about Sardinian history because uh, the name Nuragus, remember the Nuragi that are traditional stone buildings of Sardinia, so that's uh, very important for our culture. And in the same time, Nuragus um, is a very mineral wine with a good acidity and semi-aromatic. Uh, in the past, uh, was uh, 90% of my grandfather's production. Now, uh, we have just few hectares, seven hectares. So it's an important wine, but not so much diffused like in the past. So I think that's important to talk and to explain more about Nuragus and Monica that are traditional grapes. So um, I love them and uh, I hope to taste a glass of both to you. I can't wait till the next time we get the chance to do that (laughs) together. Nuragus in particular, I I know you you take a great deal of pride in that particular wine. I'm, I'm not sure that you can choose favorites from among your your line. Nuragus is not an easy grape to work with. What makes it difficult to work with? And tell me about why you're you're so proud of that particular wine. Nuragus is a particular grape because it's a big bunches, so makes a lot of quantity of grapes. In the past, um, was a good thing because it was common to produce a lot of bulk wine and to send it uh, all over Europe. But now we select the quality. So um, in Uragos, you have to uh, take care of this grape uh, uh, continuous because um, uh, you have to check the bunches and to pass different times. So if uh, it's very hard to work Nuragus compared than Vermentino. I think that it gets lost also for this reason, because... Um, in the 70s, uh, uh, the government uh, gave money to remove the vineyards. So many producers, without generational transition, prefer to remove the, the grapes. And the, in particular, the, Vermenti- the I'm sorry, the Nuragus grape, because maybe was more uh, passion uh, the Vermentino, but in the same time, because Vermentino is more easy to work in the vines than uh, Nuragus. 
So now we are very, very proud because we are one of the seven producers of Sardinia. And we are trying uh, to produce uh, good quality nuragos. That's a very hard goal. Yeah, you're one of the few, and it's also a 100% stated variety on the label sure. as well. So, you know, you can't kind of hide anything with by blending something else into it. Just touching on the, the Monica, really, and I remember the first time you and I tasted the Monica together. As you said, it's easy to drink. Uh, more of a medium-bodied red wine, very fresh. I remember the first time I tasted that with you, and I just thought this wine over-delivers complexity for you know being you know an easy-to-drink wine. It still can can really over-deliver on that, and it's it's really just kind of seeing the the response to that. And, and you know, we pour it for people, and it's just it's so approachable. And we tell people how easy it is to pair with, with food and including poultry and seafood. And that makes it even more approachable because now you don't have to overthink the food part of it with the Monica. It's probably going to go with pretty much almost anything you put with it. You know, something that I enjoy myself uh, <laughs> pretty frequently um, as, as much as I can. So you and I met at, at the Gambaro Road Show almost four years ago, exactly. And I look forward to seeing you there in February. You just learned that you won, or actually when I was, when I saw you in September, you had just learned that you had won Tre Bicchieri for uh, the Basiu Nasco. Uh, the Nasco di Cagliari. How special is that for you? Like in Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, which is the reference text for the Venitaly International Academy Ambassador Program, there's the, the scope is around top 100 grapes, and then there are the lesser known varieties. And then Nasco is in that lesser known variety. How special is it for you that you can get that kind of recognition for your Nasco? Yeah, I'm very proud of uh, Nasco's success. It's true. The, the Nasco grape uh, is little known uh, outside of Sardinia. It's a particular grape that uh, we can find just uh, in the south of Sardinia, in Cagliari area. Uh, this award is uh, very important, not only for uh, Audaria, but I think for uh, the entire Sardinia, because it's an historical grape variety. This uh, important recognition invite us uh, uh, to believe more and more in native grapes uh, and uh, in the territory. You know, the Nasco, it's a grape variety that in the past has always been used uh, to make uh, dessert wines. And the few dry version can be found uh, also now. It's a grape that uh, I love because perfumes are related to music and uh, Mediterranean and uh, is a very gentle wine uh, that's mineral and uh, remind also uh, our crystal CRC. Uh, I'm um, very proud of Nasco also because uh, the Nasco is uh, one of the last wine we show in 2021 at the end of pandemic. So the name Bessio, that in Sardinian means uh, to go out, is uh, like uh, freedom wine. No? I'm uh, so excited of this grape and this wine in general. I love the Nasco 
And also my dog now is named Nasco. So it's a very funny connection. Yeah, I did want to make sure that we <laughs> that we hit on the Jack Russell as well, because <laughs> it's clearly a special great for you to, to name your adorable little dog after it. I think I told you about an experience I had once with the, the Basiu Nasco, and I poured it for a sommelier in a Michelin star restaurant in, in DC. And this is a family friendly podcast. So I can't tell you exactly the words that he used when he, when he experienced this wine, but I will never forget it. He held the glass to his nose and he said, what the blank is in my glass. And I didn't know, I didn't know if I upset him or delighted him. And it turned out that, that I delighted him. So it's, you know, you, it was, I mean, he just went on and on about how good he probably tasted through your entire lineup and just was effusive in, in his praise. You, you know, you touched on the character of it. It's got that musky sort of character in the aroma. That's just, I can't describe it any differently than it just like it smells like sardinia like that's kind of to me is is what that wine is is like you should be very proud of of what you've what you've done with that the classic line you have a line of labels and we don't talk about packaging much but one of the things that just really stands out about the 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 lineup that i think the the, the juice in the bottle is just so good but the thing that keeps people coming back to it is that it's it's a very recognizable label. And there's a series of characters on the labels. Can you tell me about how uh, you came across those characters on the labels and how they ended up on your bottles? Sure. It's a very funny story because in 2014, when the first bottle of uh, Audaria Fermentino was born, we were conflicted about uh, what packaging use uh, and uh, what to do. We were looking for a dress that was new, modern, uh, with a strong impact and identity. We found uh, these shots in a French magazine, Le Parisienne, are unique shots representing wine in a magical world and also with an international outlook. We were a bit confused because um, now the wine world, I think that's uh, completely changed compared to my father's wine world. So the dress is very important because uh, the quality of the wines, the technologies, uh, it's uh, the first thing and the first important thing. But when you are in the market, you can find a lot of labels. So you have to catch the consumer. When uh, we found the labels, we said maybe they are uh, something new for us. My father, that's a traditional man, was like, oh my God, but what are you doing? You are crazy. So it was a very difficult moment. But I think that um, the wine is uh, like a friend, no? So made of moment to share with friends. And uh, these labels so always make you feel uh, close to a friend. Uh, we believe uh, in the power of uh, communication and social media. I think that uh, the labels are perfect for that. They are very important for us because you recognize the Audaria for the labels. So also sometimes 
uh, at the restaurant here in Sardinia in particular, so someone asked about uh, the rabbit wine or the giraffe wine. So it's uh, our identity now. They do that in the U.S. as well. So <laughs> uh, two, two things on, on, on this topic. One, the daughter always wins. <laughs> and two, the wine that your family produces is, is, is very serious and it's seriously good. But the, the packaging, I think the label, I love what your perspective is around that because it's just so approachable and, and down to earth. And so it's like it's a, it's a fun package that people, people recognize. Like they ask for the zebra wine. And the zebra wine is the Monica and, and people love it and they, they know they like the wine, but then they can find it because they, they know where to look for the label. So I just like I love that, you know, you can make a seriously good product that's also approachable. And at the end of the day, it's about people and togetherness and family and friends and, and celebration, which is really, I mean, no matter what, I think that's what wine is really the centerpiece of. So I definitely wanted to give you the opportunity to tell that story because I think it really goes a long way to what your worldview is when it comes to, to wine and what you do. And so um, we've got a little bit of time left here and I want to leave some time for questions. What are some future trends for, for wine in Sardinia? I know you do a lot of networking and you attend events and you talk with other winemakers. What are some things that we might see in the future? You said you only produce still wines with Aldaria and that's very traditionally Sardinian, but we do see some sparkling examples every once in a while. So what are some trends that you see? There is a lot to be done because Sardinia is an island of only one million and a half people. We represent just 1% of national wine production. Uh, we have a lot of grapes to be discovered and young people are making a great contribution in this regard. The important thing of the new generation and also for the future of the wine in Sardinia is uh, to get closer to the nature and the production to her, the nature. The new generation have uh, important skills and international vision that uh, is um, important also to bring companies together and to allow the territory to grow because in Sardinia one of the problems is that uh, we are um, a few people and uh, everyone thinks just uh, for itself. I believe uh, that the future uh, will be of um, small wineries that uh, are able to transmit uh, farming values and to um, uh, allow the territory to grow. Today, more than ever, human contact is very important. And so I think that the trend in Sardinia will be about uh, authentic grapes because there are more grapes undiscovered that are native grapes that are lost in the time, but uh, that are very interesting. So I see a good uh, future of wine in Sardinia, yes. There's so much there that's, that's worth discovering. So I, 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 you know, I really hope that we see more and more of these sort of locally important traditional 
um, native native grapes. And I, you know, you and your family are on the forefront of that. Well, just to close Nicoletta, first of all, <laughs> who knew four years ago that you and I would be on the Italian wine podcast together? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> it's amazing. I know it's so, it is amazing. And so, and, and, you know, the, the other thing I think kind of leading into that is just, you know, so proud of you and your family and, and grateful to you and, and your family. And every time we pour your wines, you know, I see your face and Salvatore's face and Enrico and, and Beatrice and, and Davide and everybody there. So it's just, you know, it's, there's so much more to this than, than wine for me. And that's, I'm, I'm so grateful for our friendship and connection. So thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful too. Of course, uh, we work with uh, love and passion and uh, you too. So that's uh, our important connection and I think also the key of our work. I agree 100%. I couldn't sell anything if my life depended on it, but I can, <laughs> I can sell wine for some reason. So. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.